morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King, is joining us. So I am very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple is thriving in Dubai as their government has labeled this fintech company as the global leader for enterprise technology. While the United States Secret Service is hosting a crypto AMA today, educating the public on the emergence of blockchain. JP Morgan is calling out SEC Chairman Gary Gensler for his overreach and disruptive behavior of well-functioning markets. Could we finally see the justice system work against the SEC? And with the NASDAQ announcing in custody services this summer, we break down the details, showing our community how this digital transformation is creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we've got a lot of news to get into. But first of all, how is your weekend, my friend? And happy Mother's Day to Mrs. Johnny Crypto. Yes, thank you there. And uh, Abs, it's not the same without seeing you here, but we can hear your voice. So that's great. Uh, you know, I just want to say first, all, happy Mother's Day to all the Warrior Maniac moms out there. Hope you all had a great Mother's Day weekend. Great to see everybody else too, Gonzo and 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 um, and Andrew. So love you guys, and uh, let's get it started. Absolutely, guys. And we got Gonzo in the building, aka Super G. Gonzo, they're asking me, "Am I okay?" Yes, guys, I'm totally okay. I am live streaming from Boston this morning, so I can't turn my camera on because I have my laptop. But that being said, Gonzo, how you feeling, my friend? How was your Mother's Day? And thanks for being here. Uh, I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling outstanding. I'm just I'm feeling really blessed and just happy to be here with you guys. I, I miss you guys. You know, I try to stop by the chat as much as I can. Uh, it was a very, very uh, rough week last week. And so, um, sorry, I didn't think I was going to get emotional about that. But um, yeah, it was a rough week. So I'm just really happy to be here with you guys. I, I miss you guys. It seems like an eternity. So, um, but yeah, looking forward to a great show. Thanks, Gonzo. Always happy to see your face, bro. So thank you for making time for us this morning. And Andrew Cashflow, live from Europe, live from the Netherlands. And we're going to be talking about some European news this morning as well. But before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for making time for us. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody here from the Netherlands. It's uh, 5 p.m., quarter past five. And, uh, you know, it was a wonderful weekend also with Mother's Day. Um, actually, I was at, with, uh, at my girlfriend's place. We went to... Uh, because. It's small here, so we went to Germany, to uh, to Münster, a very nice city, and we had beautiful weather. Was on on the terrace drink, drinking big beers, so that's what I like. So now and then, and uh, so I'm looking forward to a great show. Happy to see Gonzo. Happy to see uh, uh, Johnny and Apps. So uh, let's uh, let's start. Absolutely, Andrew. And it sounds like you were celebrating Mother's Day as well. So congratulations. And with that being said, guys, we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. And Johnny Crypto, we can't give the Merlin update because I don't have it on my laptop this morning. So I do apologize to my man, Johnny. But I got to give a crypto update from CoinMarketCap. We're sitting at $1.14 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 27,400, Ethereum 1800, XRP is 42, and Cardano is about 37 cents. And guys, 
This is a video that I'm very excited to show our listeners because I think it opens up a series of talking points for today's episode. The title of the show is NASDAQ Custody Services and XRP, and we're going to draw those connections today. But before we do that, we got 177 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out this latest update exposing Ripple against the SEC. So I'm going to look at it from a different perspective, right? I think the biggest problem in the industry as we speak right now, especially from a regulation perspective, is that the government does not understand cryptocurrency, right? Um, You can say this is very obvious currently with the SEC case with XRP right now. They initially labeled it as a security, took it off all the U.S. exchanges, and now they're slowly losing the case. Um, I just think the current framework does not equip any agency to deal with or regulate cryptocurrency. I believe there should be a brand new branch or a new agency which has smart people that are well-versed and educated in cryptography and the technology to manage and regulate the industry. The old- and now those that what that might seem like, Johnny, is a reasonable expectation, but when you look at how the market's being regulated today, That might be too much to ask for. When you talk about intelligent individuals currently working in regulatory agencies, you're looking around and you got to dig deep before you can find a couple. But I want to get some of your thoughts. What do you think about that article or that video right there? I love that guy. He freaking, he nailed it spot on. I mean, there's no question about it that when you're dealing with technology, it takes a certain level individual to understand it and know what it is and understand the intricacies about it to make sure that you're regulating it properly. And so, you know, most of them, most of these guys are lawyers. They're not technical guys. And normally they're supposed to seek technical support uh, to figure this stuff out. So I, I, I love that guy. What's his name, man? We got, we got to definitely promote that guy. He's a good guy, but absolutely, um, we do need to see the right individuals coming into this space or an agency that, you know, has the right level of people on that board to be able to regulate this stuff, or we're going to end up with a hot mess apps. Gonzo, and I know you got some additional comments as well, but check out this comment out of Stuart Alderati from earlier this week. For the SEC chair, the judicial process is a weapon to be wielded, and congressional oversight is a game of hide-and-seek. This isn't a crypto problem. It's a we-the-people problem, and I'm looking forward to playing the end of that clip. But before I do, what stuck out to you, Gonzo? Yeah, I mean, the more that you look at these cases that are being brought forward by the SEC – uh, and the more that we understand, you get people like Jeremy Hogan or John Deaton or other people, um, metal lawmen who are lawyers, right, as specific to, to like SEC law. We start to see that uh, they're stretching out the Howey test, right? And they're trying to match it and, and, and kind of fit where they want it to fit. Um, and, it, and it just doesn't fit that way, right? And so he's spot on when he talks about that we need something new and maybe a new agency. But like Johnny was saying, it it has to be more than somebody that has technical know-how because look at Gary Gensler, right? We thought he was going to be the second coming. He was teaching cryptocurrency or digital assets uh, inside of uh, MIT and look how that worked out. So we we really just need like Congress to come in and make some new laws, kind of like the European Union did with Mika. And, and basically, we just need some really good definitions and kind of go from there, right? But it's been a total overreach. Um, you know, I, I was catching up this week on all the different tweets and stuff. And, you know, Jeremy Hogan, that tweet that he, that he put up where, where they were talking about, like, the whole definition of common enterprise and how, like, the SEC is trying to be slick. 
And what they're really trying to say is that there's a common interest, right? And they're trying to squeeze it into common enterprise and it's not, and it just doesn't meet that requirement. Um, and so we definitely need either a new agency or we need Congress to come in and give us the definitions that, um, co that Coinbase, that Ripple, that all these companies are looking for so they know where that line is so they don't cross it because they don't want to cross it, right? They, they don't start off saying that they want to break the law. They want to be within the law, but there's no definition. So how, how are they going to figure where that, where that spot is? And I guess the conversation from there goes, is it intentional or are they actually that incompetent? But we got 202 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, I'm going to play the remainder of this video and go to you, my friend. Here we go. Manage and regulate the industry. The old rules do not apply here. And I'll give you an example, right? Traditionally, stocks, if you say one company is fraudulent or it's a scam, you just delist it from Wall Street and nobody can purchase it. That's not true with cryptocurrency, right? XRP was created at this moment, even from a U.S. government perspective, they've said it's a security. All the exchanges have delisted it, but you can purchase it from your peer, you can still purchase it from another exchange. So even if the U.S. government today decides to ban Bitcoin, you still cannot take it out of your country because it's decentralized and you can purchase it from a neighbor or somebody sitting right here right now. And this is the problem that we have with secondary sales narrative when it comes to XRP, Andrew. Not only is the SEC arguing that all sales in the beginning of this case were, were securities, they're claiming current sales and future sales should fall under the SEC's jurisdiction. And the guidelines do not show that. The laws that exist today do not make the case that the SEC should be controlling the crypto market or at least regulating it, right? I'd love to get some thoughts from you, Andrew. Yeah, this Nabil, Nabil uh, Malik, you know, this guy is fantastic. He actually nails what Johnny already said. And actually, what, what I'm missing here a little bit in this in this space is um, already for, for two years, this, this lawsuit with XRP is going on now. And and what, what I would have expected is, for example, the Blockchain Alliance, Ripple, Genesis, Vapor Digital Currency Group, Kraken Circle, they're all in the, in, the, in the Blockchain Alliance. Where is their lobbying power? What, when are they going to, to go in? Maybe they are going in in the... In, in lobbying in the in, in the government but you know we need a sort of political action committee that 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 starts and making rules for or at least try try to make a framework that that that, that the industry can work with and indeed we we need something else like the sec or the cftc it, it, it is a third group and and i hope we see some some movements very soon and the force from from the uh, crypto industry towards the, the 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 towards the government because what's happening now it, it it takes too long you know you see companies fleeing from 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 the US to other to other uh, uh, countries this is not a good good development and it's hindering hindering innovation so I'm really looking forward and uh, guys if you hear me big uh, crypto companies come on and give that push back and 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 yeah make make a group of of, of influential uh, uh, major companies and try to at least try to work together and, and influence that space there. Gonzo, and we see a little bit of evidence of that happening overseas. Earlier this week, we had Ripple, Amazon, and Stellar 
all collaborating together in London, discussing how central bank digital currencies can be implemented on their platform. But this is a quote I wanted to read for what all of our listeners out there. Even Ethereum understands that what Ripple's built is extremely unique and does not operate as a security. This is a quote from Vitalik Buterin, the co-founder of Ethereum. What Ripple has accomplished is impressive. With Ripple, we have a way of sending, receiving, and holding any currency, not just one type of cryptocurrency, in a decentralized way. And this is how emerging markets are going to be formed, Gonzo, right? The decentralization narrative is formed over time. So we know what the SEC is going to do. They're going to draw a line in the sand between when Ethereum was a security and when it was considered decentralized. And I think we're going to see the same thing happen with Ripple. How do you feel about this quote right here? Yeah, I mean, I think he's 100% correct. It's funny because like you take what Vitalik says with a grain of salt because sometimes he's talking shit and other times he's being supportive. But regardless of how you feel about about Ripple or XRP, like everybody should be on the same page, right? Because it's not each blockchain. It's not ETH versus XRP or Cardano versus ETH. You know, it's us against the SEC, right? And And what Andrew said is very powerful because that's exactly how you get laws passed, right? You get these lobbying groups that come in. Look at the NRA, right? With, with, the, with the gun lobbyists that are here uh, in, in, the, in the United States, right? Anytime that they try to make any type of law after we get an active shooter, they activate, right? And we need that kind of lobbying uh, behind cryptocurrency, right? Um, and we all need to be on the same page. There was an article I was reading with Coinbase. It seems like they're trying to get some type of counsel going or, or get a group of people together, but that's what we need. You need leaders in the space that are all working together to, to get like some common sense legislation passed. And it seems like Congress is starting to kind of wake up to, to this thing, right? It, whereas we'd see it more as it's a scam. Now it seems like it's kind of dividing with like left and right, and there's some in the middle. So we'll see how it plays out, but we do need the leaders in the space to kind of join together and be all on the same page. Johnny Crypto, and I got some unfortunate news for our listeners out there. Is the great shakeout. It may just be beginning. Everyone said from day one, 99% of cryptos are going to go away. Today, there's 24,000 cryptos in existence on current exchanges, and about 200 of those, if that, are legit projects with utility. But we got 260 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, I wanted to get your thoughts on that particular thought alone. The shakeout, the great shakeout of the cryptocurrency industry I believe is yet to hit us. And I think it comes through regulation of the exchanges. Well, this is going to be a lead narrative for the United States going forward. As we had an announcement today from the Department of Justice stating they're going after cryptocurrency exchanges from now until the end of the year. And I think that's how they're going to regulate the market overall. So my question to you, is the great shakeout just beginning? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not ending. That's for sure. No, you're, you're spot on, Abs. And I feel bad for our folks out there who think it's just about over. It's actually just about started. Um, we have a long way to go. And you remember when we had Yusko on the show, he predicted this um, earlier this year, I think it was, where he said, you know, we're going to be in the then they fight you stage for about four years, uh, typically. And so that was starting in 2023. And he predicted it to end in 2027. So anybody who thinks it's over, ah, you're right. It's, they're going to have a bad, bad uh, feeling because it's nowhere near over. We're just getting started. It is going to be painful. That's why I say all the time, make sure you have a steel stomach. Make sure you got a bunch of Tums or whatever you like to use for an asset sitting aside. It's going to be a painful ride for the next three to four years. Abs. And you're right. There's 24,000 tokens. There's about 12,000 that are actually in, in use or active today. And we're probably looking about 100 to two to 300 that are actually really useful. So there's a whole bunch to be shaken out. 
a lot of money to be lost, a lot of pain to happen. Nowhere near the end, in my opinion, more closer to the beginning. And so the question now is, what do you do? I like to follow Andrew's rule over here. Put two to five hundred dollars in things that you think are worth it. And you just let those, you know, you kind of set it and forget it. That's my investment style. I'm not a financial advisor, not financial advice. But to me, I look at ones that I think have the chance to play in the future that have that utility that solves a real world problem abs. And then I don't worry about it because I'm able to lose that money. I'm only putting up what I'm able to lose. If you're investing money that you're not able to lose, if you're putting your baby's food money into this or you're putting your rent money into this, shame on you. That's the wrong way to be investing in a highly speculative market like this. Johnny Crypto, I have one more follow-up question before I play this video explaining how United States regulation could already be written in stone. But the journey is almost over for Ripple, said Greenwood Holding Company. The journey is just beginning for the rest. And Brad Garlinghouse said something extremely similar in Dubai. He said, Ripple's approaching the end of our regulatory journey with the SEC while others are just beginning. So my question to you, do you think Ripple will end up in a situation where they have some sort of regulatory advantage over other crypto projects? Yeah, so that's a very good point. And the question is, we don't know because it all depends on the type of ruling we get. So ask me that question after we get the ruling. But I'll kind of I'll lay out the, the scenarios anyway. If we get a settlement, forget about it. It's only advantageous to Ripple and nobody else. So the rest of the industry will have no clarity at all because it's literally going to be, there's no precedent, nothing set. So a settlement will, will give Ripple the largest advantage in the space of the three outcomes. The other outcome is a, is a ruling by Judge Torres herself, and that'll set a little bit of precedent so that it'll give a little more clarity to the space. But the real one, as we know through Jeremy Hogan, is when we get that appellate ruling or a Supreme Court ruling, either one of those two rulings is like almost like law. And it's not law, but it's close enough to law where literally any case almost has to defer to that precedent. And then that sets the standard for the whole industry. So, you know, so those are the three scenarios. So the settlement. Good for Ripple, nobody else. A Judge Torres ruling kind of helps a little bit. And then an appellate ruling really, really helps to provide some clarity. Those are the three scenarios. And we have to wait to see which one actually occurs, Abs. And while we're waiting for the regulatory approval in the United States, Ripple's making massive moves overseas as Dubai's government has just labeled Ripple as the global enterprise blockchain leader when it comes to banking innovation. And this is what gets me excited about Ripple, regardless of this lawsuit, the office media, the official media office of the Dubai government has recognized the leading fintech firm Ripple as a leading provider of enterprise blockchain and cryptocurrency solutions. The recognition comes on the heels of Ripple's current recent expansion into the bustling city with a brand new office. Dubai's forward thinking stance on the emerging technologies like blockchain and crypto has been reiterated by the government's media office which just stated that these proactive policies have attributed to industry pioneers such as Ripple establishing the city as a global hub for technological innovation. And we highlighted this in our show for several weeks. There's also a tax advantage for companies filing in Dubai as opposed to the United States. So not only do they know they're not going to be sued in retrospect, they're not going to have to pay that 22 to 28% tax on their profit that you have to pay in America. So hopefully the U.S. isn't watching right now because they don't like when we say those things out loud. But Gonzo, what's it mean to you, my friend? Yeah, you know, Brad Garlinghouse has said it before, you know, they've been acting as if they lost the case and then they've moved forward from that point, right? And so they've continued to build these relationships, these partnerships. You know, I remember when it was like three countries, now we're at 44 countries and they're just going to keep building. They're going to keep building. They're going to keep spreading out around the world. 
and they're going to let whatever happens in the United States play out however it plays out, right? But regardless of whether they win or lose, and we believe they're going to win, they're going to keep building what they're building around the world and not worry about what's going on in the U.S. And I think it's the good, it's a good way to be, right? It, it's been a good business decision, uh, and it hasn't affected them outside of the United States at all. Johnny, and that's more evidence of it right there. I'd like to get your thoughts and check out this headline out of the IMF this morning. Ripple is joining the IMF to discuss central bank digital currencies for cross-border payments. And for some reason, Ripple continues to show up in these conversations. Amazon, Stellar, the IMF, and the BIS have all had conversations with Ripple around CBDCs. Before we get into the breaking news from today, give me your thoughts on those two headlines. You know, when you talk to successful people, the reason why you find out they're successful there's usually one trait that they all have in common abs and that's called persistence. Um, and this is exactly why I love ripple because they are extremely persistent. They have not lied down dead when they got sued by the sec. They didn't disappear and fall down backwards and go, go away. They, they, they stood up and fought even harder and said, okay, fine. We can't play here. We'll go play there. Boom, boom, boom. Plant the seeds everywhere. And they're growing, they're growing like crazy, like mad. And this is where they need to be. You need to be at the IMF. You need to be having these conversations at the highest level with the most influential people. And that's where they place themselves. And we know just by looking at who they've hired, they've hired a bunch of well-connected people. No, nah, man, I love this company because they are doing exactly what they need to do for the best interest of their company. I mean, and let's not face it. That's always the number one priority. Do they want to help the crypto industry? Absolutely. We know they do. We know they're fighting the good fight. Um, to, to help the industry as a whole. We, we've spoken to some of their developers. We know that the ODL was designed purposely to be able to take more than just XRP. We Again, spoke to Brad Garlinghouse specifically. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can't see my sarcastic face. I did, I did. We did, but before you thought about that, but we know that they want to, I'm uh, trying to get them on the show, by the way, but we, uh, we, um, but no, no confirmation yet. But anyway, nonetheless, the, uh, we manifested Johnny manifested. I'm working on it, brother. I'm working on it. Well, I will say this. We have three exciting new guests that come out of the, out of the conference and I'm not going to announce them yet, but uh, they are, they'll be coming on soon. Guys, if you want to know one of those three guests, put it in the live chat, put a number one in there. And if you want it to keep us a secret, put it to zero, but Johnny, I'm going to stop cutting you off. Continue. Yeah. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. So let's go. <laughs> keep going. You're Andrew, going I know you had some additional thoughts as well. So I'm going to kick it over to Andrew Cashflow. And right after that, we're going to show our listeners this update out how JP Morgan is accusing Gary Gensler of not regulating the market correctly. So this is breaking news here, but Andrew, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just want to say something about about Ripple, what they are doing. I mean, what what you see that, that they are doing is they keep the positive thinking. They will not not stop because they are stopped a little bit in the U.S. Although the U.S. is is the is the biggest market, and you know. And if you see what Dubai is doing, I mean, uh, fr from already for years we see everything is becoming streaming. We have streaming video. We have streaming yeah electricity. We have. Uh, we have streaming uh, uh, music. We have we need streaming money in this in this uh, in this world, and we do not have to have bulks of money in this country in that money. And and then you know there's so much money doing nothing in the world because it's just sitting in banks to get exchanged. And if you have an intermediate currency like like XRP, so many problems will be solved and will be yeah. And also there will be so much money will be able to be made, and and. And yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say. You know, it is it is inevitable that that the that the evolution and, and the innovation will continue. And and 
and I think that's also uh, uh, the, 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 the atmosphere of the whole crypto industry. Despite all the, all the force and the power to, to limit, uh, we just go on and there is no stopping. There is, it, it, just, it just continues. Johnny, there was a great visual I saw on Twitter where it was Gary Gensler and his $100 million behind him in Chinese investments. And then there was a cryptocurrency coin with $3 trillion in innovation standing behind it. And they said, which army do you think is going to win? And I thought it was a great illustration of how the market's working today. Is Johnny's screen frozen? I'm sorry, guys. Or is he just looking down? I can't tell. I think Johnny's frozen right now. So, Gonzo, we got 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we've got a bunch of interesting articles to get into. But what I wanted to focus on was what we just brought up right there. Sorry, I just lost my train of thought a little bit. But the fact that JP Morgan ensured that Ethereum got a free pass from the SEC. And now it's coming full circle, accusing the SEC of regulating unfairly. But there was an update I wanted to get from you. And this is the one that I wanted to talk about. The Bank of England has already included Ripple on their roadmap for plans when it comes to real-time gross settlement service in 2024. And why do I want to talk about this? If you remember last Friday, Gonzo, I showed you an article out of Dubai where the Bank of England flew down to Dubai to work with the central bank. And the number one currency they were using, it wasn't Ripple. It was another currency we talk about on our channel every single day. That would be Quant Network. They were confirmed to be using Quant Network, and they called it a pivotal part of the cryptocurrency pilot that they ran. So pretty exciting news. I wanted to get some thoughts, and then we'll continue. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be something to pay attention to now that the European Union has the Mika bill. Um, it's going to be important to pay attention to the partnerships that are coming out of that, um, out of that space. And, and you just named one of them, right, with, with Quant or, or what they're going to do with a CBDC or there's all these different things. Now that they have clarity with the definitions, there's all these different partnerships that are going to come out of that. And so definitely pay attention to that you're going to start to see more and more announcements, whether it's Quant, XLM, Ripple, right? You're going to see these companies are going to gravitate to there because they have the clarity that they've been looking for, right? So now they can start to build their products and not worry about that some regulatory thing is going to come down on them and sue them and then crush their business. Um, so yeah, definitely pay attention to that. Absolutely, guys. And I'm going to make a deal with our live chat right now. We got 330 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you want to hear one of our special guests, somebody said the bearable bull. Yes, we are having the bearable bull on this summer, but that is not the special guest we are yet to announce. We've got three major announcements. If we get over 160 likes before the end of the live stream, I can promise you we will announce one of those. But Johnny Crypto, before the elites remove you from our stream again, please give me some of your thoughts. What's on your mind, my friend? Are you just bouncing back and forth here? You know, I think I don't know what's going on after working on my internet outside, but I keep getting bumped here. So I missed the uh, the last part of the conversation. Habs. I'm not sure what the question was. I'll just give you a really quick update, and then we're going to move on to this update out of JP Morgan and Gary Gensler. So what I talked about is last Friday, we brought it up on our show. Bank of England flew down to Dubai to, sh to run a banking pilot with digital assets. The currency that they both admitted that they use was Quant Network. And that was a project I'm super excited about. So mm -hmm. what do you think about Quant Network being confirmed by both the Bank of England and Ripple, I mean, sorry, and Dubai Central Bank after all the news from Ripple last week? Well, I think that, you know, we always felt that Quant was going to be part of the system itself and helping the, the overall interoperability between all the different blockchains that we're going to operate. I'm not sure I necessarily saw it as the actual solution or settlement currency so i don't know if you're saying that they've chosen it as the settlement currency or are they choosing it as one of the layers within the system here's so what's cool so i have an actual i have the answer to that so what they were using it for was they were taking cash 
uploading it onto Quant's network, using it to transfer value, and then removing it off the network. So it's very similar to like a Stellar or a Ripple. But yeah. if you listen to Gilbert Verdi and the CEO of Quant, that's what he talks about. He says Quant's going to benefit the most off the initial integration of traditional finance into the digital age. Once we get the emergence of Ripple and Stellar, Quant will still be there, but it'll have completed its basic main objective of uploading traditional finance onto the digital blockchains. Yeah, no, no question about it. I'm just that, that they will play a significant role in this space, and especially with all the connections that Gilbert has. It's one of those things where I always loved Quant. Um, you can buy it. You can buy Quant in many, many places. Uh, I think I got mine on Bitchery, but you can also get it, I think, at Kraken. And, uh, you know, just go to CoinMarketCap, guys, and you'll find it there. There's many, many places that sell Quant. Uh, but to me, Abs, it's very exciting. My, my only issue is I just wish it would pull back a little bit more. <laughs> I was really hoping for it to pull back into the $67 range to grab more of it, as I do believe it will be part of the future financial system. I don't believe it'll be the only one, but I believe it'll be a, a major player within that space. And you've already got the proof. I mean, you got the Bank of England working with them. Let me tell you something. The Bank of England is very, very powerful, Abs. So whatever they're doing, most likely... And that's why you want to see Ripple there and you want to see other companies that you're investing in there because whatever they're testing is most likely going to have a high probability of being part of the final system. Johnny Crypto, and when you talk about the simulation being confirmed, the Ethereum Foundation did something very interesting. They either perfectly timed the market top to the day or there's a little bit of corruption going on here and we can discuss it later in the episode. But we got 345 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm going to give you a brief Ethereum update and then we're going to go into this JP Morgan article. The Ethereum Foundation is very corrupt, writes the Whale Wire. Not only are they being in bed with the SEC, but they have deep ties with the crypto cartel in rigging the crypto market. I haven't read this out loud until now, so these are not my statements. I'm reading directly from a tweet. It's not a coincidence that they dump most of their holdings on the exact day that the market topped. And if you look at the exact day, Johnny, or Andrew, or Gonzo, whoever's looking at this, the Ethereum Foundation sold $40,000 worth of Ethereum at the exact peak of the market. So Andrew, before I get into my next article, give me some thoughts here. What's going on? Does Vitalik have some insight we don't, or is he just the luckiest man alive? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I think I have to to play somewhat more tennis with uh, with Vitalik, you know. So now and then, and, uh, and have, uh, have have a drink with him, drink some coffee, because I need I need some insider information, and and I've, I have the feeling I'm I'm not well informed yet. So uh, I don't know, you know, is it corrupt? Absolutely. And uh, uh, are they able? Look, look how they they took uh, Terra Luna down. I mean, it was it was a plan. And, and it, does, it wouldn't wonder me if you can bring down all kinds of cryptocurrencies. And a lot of this stuff happens on Sunday or happen, happens on a, 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 a public holiday or, or, or on, on a banking day, you know, because then the, the volume is low. People are, 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 are not on, in their work, so they get scared. And, and so this is how manipulation works. And you know what? It doesn't matter. If, if it is manipulated or not, just have your own plan in place and play your own game according to your own rule. And I see a finger going to Merlin, to Merlin, the fastest way to track your crypto. Absolutely. And it is not only an exit plan, but it is also an entry plan. So, you know, in the strategies we teach in the, in the academy, we are happy when something goes down because then you can buy more for a lower price. And we're also happy when it goes up because we sell on the way up and we sell more and more. So, and that's how you make money. 
Are you able to, to, to catch the tops and the bottoms? Absolutely not. But can you do something in between? Absolutely, you can do something in between. So uh, that, that's my two cents. Johnny, and here's the topic of conversation for the remainder of the episode, my friend. The NASDAQ is set to launch crypto custody services by the end of June. And what are we getting around the same time? We could be getting a ripple resolution, but let me ask you a question before we even get into the details. How on God's green earth is the NASDAQ already announcing that they're going to launch crypto custody services when Gary Gensler hasn't given any approval to do this, it doesn't make any sense. So they obviously know something we don't. They're not going to be, you know, sued after the fact is what I'm trying to get at. And so I'd like to get some of your thoughts before I even break down the details here. How are they comfortable giving this a public announcement without the Gary Gensler green light? And now you know why Yusko says the question is more important than the answer, Abs. <laughs> that exactly is the question. And then obviously a, a normal human being can probably put two and two together and figure out that somewhere behind the scenes, Somebody's talking to somebody, like Andrew said, they're on the tennis court, they're having conversations, and they know what's really coming. But you and I, unfortunately, are not privy to those conversations. And therefore, but when you read the tea leaves, you can clearly see if the NASDAQ is saying they're doing this, they've already obviously know something that we all don't know. And that's actually a good thing for, for crypto in the long run, because if the NASDAQ is planning to custody it, it really means the path is being set forward as we've been saying on this show for a while now, that all the big boys are moving their ships in place to have a piece of this big, big, big pie that's coming. They all want a slice of it, Ab. And uh, the sooner they all get their pieces in place, to be honest with you, the better for all of us who are in it early, because then eventually, you know, all the, um, all the, all these things that are happening right now will stop. They'll go away and they'll unleash this zone, bitch. They'll open this thing up. They're going to let the dogs out, baby. This thing's going to skyrocket. So that's what we're waiting for. Here's what's really interesting, Gon. So I'd love to go to you first on this article. Johnny, 10 days before the Ripple was sued by the SEC, JP Morgan completed their first in-house transaction of the JP Morgan coin built on Ethereum. Right after that, 10 days later, the SEC felt comfortable suing XRP for not only offering an unregistered security, but claiming that all current, pri current, prior, and future sales of that asset would also be considered a security. But they're giving very different signs to the Ethereum Foundation and what they've been allowed to go after the past couple of years. We've got a very interesting video right here of Vitalik Buterin. I would love to show you guys, but you know what? I'm a little bit out of here today. So with that being said, I'm going to go into this JP Morgan article just because I'm a little bit unorganized on my tabs. Gensler accused by Gensler has been accused by JP Morgan and financial regulators of jurisdictional overreach and disrupting well-functioning markets. What's actually happening here? The SEC under Gary Gensler's often questioned leadership is attempting to impose a one-size-fits-all model on a diverse and rapidly evolving industry. The proposed rule that was released in February states that all assets, including cryptocurrency, managed by registered investment advisors, should be held with qualified custodians. These are typically chartered bank or trust companies, broker-dealers registered with the SEC, or future commission merchants registered with the CFTC. So, Johnny, what are we seeing here? The centralization of the crypto market through regulation. And, Gonzo, I'd love to start with you. Why do you think J.P. Morgan is comfortable going after Gary Gensler here after they collaborated in the in the downfall of Ripple? Yeah, right. So um, you can see it, it's all a game, right? And so we've been saying this, like once they get their hooks into uh, digital assets, that's when they'll give the okay and then they'll let it run. So this could be some foreshadowing, right? Uh, on, on, you know, J.P. Morgan finally coming out and calling out Gary Gensler 
because you know they, they've been building now for the last few years behind the scenes, right? And then we just saw the article that you just showed with the NASDAQ saying that they're gonna custody your crypto. You know, we've been saying this, that your banks, our banks, the major top banks are gonna soon, they're gonna come out and they're gonna say, hey, we'll custody your crypto, right? And so pretty soon it's gonna go from, you know, being poison and, and all the negative things that they say about it, all of a sudden, once they have the, the custody part down, they have the wallets down, they, they have it all set up, that's when they'll come out and they'll endorse it, right? But it'll be a centralized version, right? It'll be traditional finance getting their hooks into digital assets and then allowing it to run because they've already built their positions, right? And so that's what you're seeing play out, um, in my opinion. You know, the interesting thing here is they talk about, you know, being, you know, facilities that are broker dealers registered with the SEC. Well, we know that Coinbase, when they went and launched public, had to go through and register with the SEC. So why is Coinbase being attacked when, you know, abs, you got to ask yourself the question, you know, why are they being attacked when they are actually registered with the SEC? And yet, you know, they're saying, oh, it needs to be in the hands of, you know, companies that are registered with the SEC. Yeah, exactly. So. There's another question to be asked right there, but it just goes to show you that the the sides have been chosen, the players have been picked, and and now it's just all all moving into place. And we don't know who you know all the sides. I love this guy by the way. We don't know the sides, all the sides and players that are well. We kind of do, but we'll see how this whole thing w- w- plays out in the end. But we do know Coinbase is owned by BlackRock. We know that BlackRock owns everything, <laughs> everything on the planet. So it is interesting to see why all of a sudden they're being singled out and being gone after as opposed to letting them in the game. So I'm interested to see how that whole thing plays out. Me too. Uh, Floor is yours, Andrew Kasla. Yeah. You know, what what I, what I wanted to say is that actually that there is a whole play. It is, it is the, it is, is the match that needs to be played and all the players are positioning themselves. But what I think what will happen because they all are, trying to get a centralized piece of the pie that what you see with everything but i think there will no centralized pieces left over anymore in a couple of years or maybe in five six seven eight years because i'll say it more often as soon as people feel limited in their freedom technology will come and will find ways around uh, limiting uh, 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 rules so and 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 the and the cryptocurrency and the blockchain gives all the possibilities to make or, or to go around all those centralized stuff. And, and you know, crypto is indeed a little bit difficult at the moment. Your, your wallet and your, and, your, and your transactions. And it's not, it's not so easy, but it gets easier and easier. I mean, when I came in the crypto sphere, that was 2018, I was able to send Ethereum to a Bitcoin address. Yeah, you know, that's not possible anymore. Every yeah, wow. every wallet, every exchange will say, "Hey, this is an invalid address," and it is it is simple, but it gets more and more easy, and and it will be built better for us. So uh, it's it's fun to see, but I think in the end, uh, the the people will win, and the, at least the decentralization will win. That's what I'm hoping as well, Andrew. And we got 340 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, it's Merlin Monday. I never forget, but I do got to show our listeners this quick update before I give our listeners an update on Merlin. 
This is Vitalik Buterin, as well as Gary Genser, exposing how Ethereum was given a free pass by the SEC starting all the way back in 2016. So it's a one-minute clip we're going to play here. So much gold. Here we go. Is Ether a commodity? At some point next month, we're hoping we're going to have an opportunity for people to essentially pre- pre-order some of these Ether, or Ether is uh, Ethereum's internal currency. So you're, calling, price, it, you're so. calling it Ethers? Yeah, well, Ether. How do you yeah, spell it? It's E-T-H-E-R. Okay. Like, yeah. Like that void up in the sky. So okay. it's, uh, yeah, so we'll be basically be selling them at a, pr- at a price of uh, 1,000 to 2,000 Ether for our Bitcoin. So you're going to, the currency is only going to be exchangeable for Bitcoin? Um, at the, st- at the start, likely, like we do have plans for partnerships with uh, some different exchanges. And my view is, is if there's a group of individuals in the middle, middle that the public is. All right. So let me just ask a second question. So I think the answer to that is uh, two things. So, uh, first of all, well, yes, yes, there is a risk that we're going to, we're going to completely fail. And for some reason, Ethereum is going 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 to turn out to be impossible. I think that's just. A risk that you, uh, of course, that you always that you always take when you're participating in any kind of like pre-order fundraiser or whatever. Okay, that was pretty much the end of the clip right there, and there was so much gold. Gonzo, we always talk about you as the guy who's who loves Ethereum, and it's a joke, and it's true because you're so educated about the, the so-called security as we're referring to it here, right? But the reason that I play this clip is because how can they hold Ethereum to one standard and hold Ripple to another without there being some sort of corruption behind the scenes? Nobody would look at this market objectively and say that Ripple, which never had an ICO, never actually offered these tokens at a discount to the general market. None of these things that Ethereum went out and publicly did. But then we have Ethereum working with officials at the SEC. It's dangerous. The corruption we're witnessing right now is dangerous. And that's why I think when you look at people like Gary Gensler being called out by JP Morgan, I think JP Morgan's just getting ahead of the ball here. They're not doing anything that everyone else isn't doing behind the scenes. If everyday people like us can look at this market and see the corruption, we got guys like Digital Asset Investor, Brad Kimes, Crypto Airy, some of the smartest minds in the space are investigating and holding these government officials accountable. We like to consider ourselves part of this group. So what do you think is going on here? JP Morgan, clear corruption, yet they're going after the SEC. Yeah, I mean, that video does a really good job of just summarizing everything. You know, we've always said that it was rolled out as security. And then at some point it, it is changed, right? That's just my opinion. But um, because when you look at it, it's either corruption or straight up incompetence, right? And I don't think that it's incompetence. So then all you're left with is, is corruption, right? Um, the way that everything went down. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen if, if Congress doesn't come out with some type of definitions and Gary Gensler doesn't get reeled in, is he going to slap them with the lawsuit? right? Because clearly it was rolled out as an ICO and it was clearly a security when it rolled out. And then at some point it changed. So that'll really tell us uh, a lot because some people think that they've gotten a free pass and other people think that it's still not too late for them to get slapped with the lawsuit, right? We saw what happened with the state of New York um, going after, what was it? Um, Is it KuCoin? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically saying that um, they sold the security. So it's not the SEC, but, um, you know, it's a start. But again, you know, everybody has to make a decision for themselves. You know, whether there was corruption or not, for me, is a different conversation. 
on whether it's a good investment thesis or not. For me personally, it's still a good investment thesis, but I still believe that all that corruption still occurred, right? But it, I still don't fall into the narrative. Just like when people hate XRP, right? Or they tell us that it's a banker's coin or that, you know, Ripple's evil because they're building a CBDC and they're, they're so against CBDCs, right? It, it, that's a narrative different than my investment thesis into XRP. Everybody has to make that decision for themselves and we'll see how it plays out at the end. 100% spot on, Gonzo. I couldn't add anything there myself. And we got 356 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I'm changing the details here. We got to get over 200 likes before we can tell you who's coming on the show next. And I promise that you guys will be excited. But Johnny, this is a little bit of more corruption being exposed. It's only an eight-second clip of Mike Novengratz stating he knows at some point Ethereum is going to be given a free pass. This clip speaks for itself. Here we go. Ethereum, they haven't, they haven't pulled on yet. I've, I've got dimes, dimes to, to, to donuts. They will say Ethereum probably was a scam. It's not anymore. Did you hear that, Johnny? He said, Ethereum hasn't been ruled on yet, but I bet dimes to donuts it was a security and it's not anymore. Why is a guy like this so confident? I think we just broke down the details, but let's hear your thoughts. Like I say all the time, my man, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's always like they said in History of the World Part 1, it's good to be the king. When you're the king and you get to pick who the winners and losers are, you decide. And they've decided that they're not going after it. Listen, you just heard you just heard your, Vitalik said it himself at the end of the video. He said, oh, yeah, when you there's always risk when you invest in a fundraiser. Well, listen, when you're raising funds, guess what? To, to do something with it, that's a freaking security because, you know, there's a – there's obviously a bunch of group of people doing an activity, raising money to then try and you know make something worth more value and return that to people at the end. That is the definition of a freaking security. He said it himself in his own voice. But obviously, we know they got the free pass. We know today that you know Ethereum, I'm not going to say Ethereum's operating as security today. It isn't, um, but it was back then. And we know that we know that you know things can be launched as a security and then convert over to a non-security. That's written somewhere in the rules there. You've heard Gensler say it and you've heard other uh, people say that as well. However, what's mind-boggling is you know you can argue that Ripple is exactly in the same situation. So if you're going to go after Ripple, why aren't you going after Ethereum? Well, because, it, again, the guys at the top get to make that decision and we know the decision that's been made. Johnny. You, can forget about, you can forget about them going after ETH. It's not happening. I want to update you on this right here. You asked an important question. Here's an important answer. Right now, whoever controls the money, controls the information, controls the people. Shout out to Coach JV. He's the one who always says that. And when we look at who controls the derivatives market today, turn up your volume for these stats because money people probably didn't even realize this many American dollars were in circulation. The following is a ranking of all banks in the United States in terms of their derivatives holdings. And this is an update from December 31st of 2022. Goldman Sachs is holding $53 trillion worth of derivatives at their bank. JP Morgan is in second place with $50 trillion. Citibank has $47 trillion. Bank of America is in fourth with nineteen, And Wells Fargo has $12 trillion in assets when it comes to derivatives. What am I even looking at, Johnny? For somebody who doesn't understand the derivatives market, doesn't understand how numbers this big can be in our banking system, why don't you break it down? $53 trillion in Goldman Sachs alone? How is that even possible? Well, when what you're looking at is look at who controls the world. That's it right there. Look at the five top banks. And then look at the drop-off. It's not even close. Look at number six and below. It's not even close at that point, right? And that's and this is where you have a... a Here's what's interesting know. too, Johnny, is that HSBC is considered one of the big six. They're always talked about if there's six banks that are going to rule the world, 
Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, HSBC, and I'm forgetting one more, but HSBC is actually below State Street Bank and Trust Company, which is a company operating on Wall Street. So even though they have a trillion in derivatives, that appears to be small when compared to these other banks. Exactly. And you really can see who the whale banks are or the monster banks, you know, and they're going to pretty much, you could already predict that they're going to gobble up all the other ones. And you're primarily going to be left with the big boys, right? It's just, it's just, just how it, I mean, it's there. I mean, it's just how it works. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the power, the money, the money commands or the money talks. So at the end of the day, I think you can just look at it and say, okay, you know, which banks are, are always going to survive are going to be there are going to be safe to maybe put your money in. Well, that also depends. But so for the most part though, they're sitting on a sit, a shit ton of derivative money, which, um, you know, we know they always say is the largest marketplace at all. In fact, I remember when the early predictions came out of XRP and what their price could be, the price of XRP can go up exponentially if it actually gets access to and starts being used to fund the derivatives market apps. That's where the size of the prizes or where the real uh, gold trophy is, is getting that market. So uh, you can see who has it, 100 trillion between two banks alone. You know, more JP Morgan and Chase have a hundred and three trillion dollars of of uh, derivatives. That's humongous, and that's why I wanted to see JP Morgan using Ripple. So we'll have to see. We know they're working on their own coin, so we'll see how that whole thing plays out. But to me, now you see why I'm always interested in what JP Morgan and Chase are doing because, well, I mean, they own almost almost half the world or more than half the world. You can see that that's exactly like that's where all the money's made, right? This is why Coinbase has now moved offshore and they've got their derivatives license in Bermuda, right? This is exactly, I believe, what SBF and FTX plan was, right? If you remember before everything blew up in their face, um, they were doing all that craziness. I think what he thought is they were very close to the federal bit license and they were also very close. They were one of the they were gonna be one of the only exchanges that had that could do derivatives, right? And so I think in his head, he was thinking, I could cover up all this other shit if I can get the derivatives market and we're going to make billions of dollars. And wow. the whole thing blew up in his face prior, right? But that's, that's where the money's made. It's not made in, in, in the transfer fees or the fees for trading and all that stuff. It's in derivatives. And that's why it's the golden goose that they've, they've all been chasing, right? That's what SBF was trying to get with FTX and what they were going to do before it blew up in his face. He was about to get the derivatives market in crypto, right? And, and, and we saw how it played out, but that's why Coinbase went to Bermuda and got that license. Cause that you can see now it's right in front of you statistically why um, uh, and how they made, how much money is made in the derivatives market. Now add that into crypto, it's gonna be huge. Gonzo, yeah. a couple of questions. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. And, and you know what? And then we are talking about manipulation. You know, we know that the gold and silver market, for example, is manipulated heavily. I think every show now and then, uh, JP Morgan gets a fine of about uh, $100 million or so. But they are making million, billions of dollars in, 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 in profits. So they just take those fines for granted. So, you know, don't, don't make yourself any illusions. These, these guys here are, are making the big money. And that's why in derivatives, there is the most money. And they can manipulate. When you have so much money, you can manipulate everything hallelujah absolutely and central bank digital currencies only add to that andrew and it's only more beneficial to these banks but with 343 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button and johnny everyone's talking about derivatives possibly coming to the xrpl and i want to just talk about merlin for a little bit here 
Did we, Did we lose abs? I think we lost his audio. I don't know if we lost him or yeah, no. I wasn't sure if I froze again or we yeah, lost. I know. I think we lost. Like, what's going on here? Where did he hey, go? Hey, my back, guys. Am I back? Yeah, hey, you're, yep, back. you're back. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. Look at these elites trying to shut me down. Well, yeah. I'm going to keep talking about Merlin because that's what I was going off about. When these exit targets are reached during these bull runs, Johnny, they happen almost instantaneously, but they disappear just as quick. And so I'd love for you to take 30 seconds to a minute to just explain how setting exit targets and sticking to those exit targets has made you a lot of money over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. There's a story I have. I don't want to take up a lot of time here, but we will have a Merlin Twitter spaces this Sunday. Guys, come and check it out. We'll talk more about stories and things like that. But I will say this, you know, creating an exit plan is a very disciplinary thing to do. It's, and it's you know, once you get started, it's kind of, you know, it's I don't want to say it's easy, but it's kind of cool getting in and putting your targets in place. But you know what's hard? When you actually hit your target and hitting the button to actually sell when things are going up because you're not sure. If he's going to keep going, it's very, very tough mentally. And I'll talk more about that on the Twitter spaces. Was, but it's so important to have an exit plan because, guys, look at every single freaking chart. You at, you actually had the, uh, the the Ethereum chart up there earlier, Abs, which was showing the you know where they sold at the peak point. If you have that, you can pull that up. But every chart looks like that. They all go up to a certain point, and then they come down. They don't just keep going up. But the problem is human mentality is we think it's always going to go higher and higher and higher, and it's not. And we don't sell because of that fear of what we call fear of missing out. And that's why we get screwed or we get we lose our money or the you know, you become the liquidity for somebody else because you have this false hope of thinking it's going to go up when it's not. And that's what Merlin does. Merlin kind of takes some of that emotion out of the game. You know, you get your alert and if you're disciplined, follow your alert and, and you won't you won't you won't lose out and you'll actually take some money. I'll talk much more about that on the Twitter spaces uh, this Sunday. Abs. But, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Of course, guys. And that's oh, by the way. Get on the wait list below. No, you forgot the most important part, Johnny. Absolutely free. And guys, that's our last Merlin update for today's show because we got a bunch of other news to bring you. And with this NASDAQ custody service coming to fruition this summer, Johnny, I don't think it's, I believe it's safe to assume NASDAQ isn't going to be the only big mover coming out at this time. There may be some sort of a first mover advantage they're taking advantage of here, but to say that they're going to be the only trillion dollar institution moving into crypto that would just be false. So I just wanted to get some last thoughts there. Do you think we're going to see other billion, trillion dollar institutions moving in at the same time as the NASDAQ? Because this is probably a larger wave than just one company. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is going to be like a like a battle, like a battle. You see a bunch of ships all moving in place at the same time. All these big boys are, and all the money will be shifting in behind the scenes. Probably right now as we're speaking, all the moves are being made. Um, and then you'll just get, oh, a flood of news, a flood, a shit ton of news coming out, all this great news coming out when the time is right, not right now, but when the time is right. Of, hey, this person's in it, and that company's in it, and that company's in it, and that's going to really, really drive um, the opposite of FUD, right? So FUD is the fear, uncertainty, and, and doubt. And this is going to uh, be certainty in uh, happiness, right? And we have to come up with a new word for the opposite of fun. We'll have to figure something out. I'll think of an acronym for that one. But abs, it'll be just the opposite and everybody's going to be super excited and that's how you're going to know the then they fight you stage is over. The problem is if you wait to then to get in, you're too late. Spot yeah, I was going to say that. Like you're, you're going to be wanting to build your positions like when smart money is building their positions, which was wow. at the end of last year. Now, like once we get, uh, you know, once Bitcoin breaks that 33,000 and then comes mm -hmm. back down for the rest of the year, these are the times that you want to build your positions. You want to get educated, right? You want to make your list uh, of the projects that have real utility. 
because when that's happening, it's for me personally, it's too late to get into those positions because that's going to be when we're going to be talking about, hey, maybe it's time to pull profits now, right? When, when you get mass yeah. hype, mass hysteria where everybody and their mother is talking about crypto and everybody's buying, that's about the time that we're going to be selling, right? That's when we're going to be kicking in our exit targets with Merlin uh, and, and we'll be executing our sell orders. And guys, quick reminder, 30 days, absolutely free. So go check it out, get on the wait list and then take your name off the list. If you don't want it, you lose absolutely nothing, but try our product out and give us some feedback. That's why we created it. And Andrew, I'm going to go a little bit rapid fire, but I wanted to get your thoughts here. There was a DMI symposium, which means a think tank held by the IMF ripple and Amazon web services was also in attendance. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because we continue to see ripples name involved in these conversations but it doesn't matter what's happening in the SEC lawsuit. So I just wanted to get some brief thoughts from you there. Is it a big deal that the IMF and Ripple were sitting on a panel together at a CBDC symposium this week? It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. If I would be Ripple, I would be willing to be everywhere, everywhere. Everybody should know me because your network is your net worth. And I don't care if it is the IMF or if they sit oh. together with JP Morgan or with uh, Bank of America or with the government for whatever country, Ripple must be uh, adopted worldwide. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, XRP must be adopted worldwide for us. And, and Ripple is for us the company who's promoting this and, and, and doing the work. And they have this, this, uh, this, this, this all the applications. So, um, uh, Brett, keep on doing with your company. Keep on doing the good work. Absolutely, guys. And we got only a couple of minutes left. Johnny Crypto, you got to refresh that bad boy. You got to get your hands on YouTube more often. Refresh the page and let me know how many likes there are, guys. Or comment in the live chat so I can know if we're going to make our special announcement. But the last question I have, I want to kick it to Gonzo here. This is a great question from Sid With. If the U.S. is going to close down or stall all exchanges until the digital dollar and JP Morgan, like Onyx, are running on Ethereum, if they remove the exchanges, it kills crypto in the USA and can't buy or sell I think what they're trying to get, did you follow that question? It was a little bit confusing. I think what they're trying to get at is if they shut, if they launch a digital dollar, why would they ever allow decentralized currencies to be sold in the US? And the answer is they can't shut it down, but I wanted to get some thoughts from you. Yeah, no, 100%. I think you're spot on with that. Like, uh, like Coach always says, that train has left the station already, right? They, they, they can't pull it back in. We've seen this before, right? We saw it with China when they were going to ban Bitcoin. Right. And then they banned or they kicked out the Bitcoin miners and all that stuff. And look what's happening now. Right. You have Hong Kong now making moves. Right. You've got this liquidity that's coming into the market. You can see a spin up of Bitcoin miners now in China. Right. And so it's decentralized. So they can't stop it. They can slow it down. They could do Operation Choke Point 2.0, but it's always going to find a way. It's a flow of water. So they might be able to slow it down, but they're not going to be able to stop it. We're always going to find a way to offload or to on-ramp uh, uh, money or crypto. Absolutely. They can't stop it. They can't ban it. They'd have to shut down the internet to absolutely stop it. And, they're not and we know that. that that's what Klaus Schwab wants to do, but we know yeah. they can't get it done. And guys, we yeah. got 325 listeners, and I believe we're only five likes away from 200. So should I give our listeners, did they earn it, Johnny? You tell me. Should I Actually, we got, we hit it. Uh, we got 200. Well, congratulations, guys. And here's the massive announcement that we've been waiting to break to you with only 10 seconds left in the episode blockchain backer is going to be joining the show this summer, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I can't tell you the dates that he's going to be appearing on yet, but that's just one of the three guests that we have in the works. And there could be some even bigger names we're really excited to tell you about. So show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, 
Warriors rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's, Let's go. go. Love you, boys. Great job. This Love week, you guys. Bye. Brad Times, Digital Perspectives, coming on Wednesday. Don't miss See it. See you tomorrow. See ya.